last week and i'm like yeah i mean they're in a notepad and it's all stream of consciousness yeah <laughs> i want to talk about I want, I want to talk about trust balls trust falls no 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 no, no. trust balls it's like trust, trust balls, balls except for you take your pants off and your wife grabs your balls and she looks up at you and says hey do you trust me and you say around your ball gag yeah <laughs> gotcha okay right and that's gonna be the cold open that'll be <laughs> I was pretty happy with that one. That was pretty good, yeah. Sound yeah, effect that was... was great. Did you put something in your mouth for that? Just uh, mm-hmm. just the two fingers that I had up my ass. <laughs> mm. Nice. Very good. Nice juvenile opening there. All right. Uh, welcome to the Save vs. Poison podcast, episode three, a rated R podcast dedicated to gaming, general geekery, and enduring sobriety in an ever-maddening society. Uh, my name's Will. And with me, uh, as usual, are my two favorite glory hole repairmen, Danny and Tiki. Hey, and I'd like to set out a reminder right now that that two ball gags does not make a collection. And I'm more of an inspector than a repairman. Yeah. Well, last time I was in one, you sure made sure that I didn't get any splinters, which was yeah. I had, to, I had to make sure that shit was up to code. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> That one had a lot more hole and a lot less glory, though. <laughs> That's just it was, it was just me on the inside of a porta potty. <laughs> and I don't think the hole was supposed to be there. <laughs> it wasn't. Well, you, 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 you make you make lemonades out of lemon. You know the you know the plus side of being on the inside of the porta potty is that you have a lot of people on the outside, so it's kind of like that. Playing the odds game. <laughs> the world is your blowjob. <laughs> just you're like you know if I throw it out there for everyone, someone's gonna say yes. <laughs> That's just law of averages, right? Yeah. Oh, you're hanging it out the porta potty, not waiting for someone to stick it through the hole. Yeah, you know where the <laughs> the thing that says vacant, not vacant. Yeah, just 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 right there. <laughs> right there. And that that really is a gamble. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my name's Will. I'm an alcoholic. My name's Tiki, and I'm an alcoholic. My name's Danny, and I'm not an alcoholic. He's not an alcoholic. No, he can moderate. Asshole. Jelly. So jelly. Jelly. So I had conversations this week with uh, my mother and stepfather-in-law and my sister-in-law. And it was about, you know, uh, being an alcoholic. And it was the very first time that I told them. And I thought it was sort of what I wanted to bring up for for today's sort of sobriety check-in. It wasn't a hard conversation to have um, a year in. I think it would have been a hard conversation to have if I had done it uh, anywhere closer. And I think the biggest reason was, you know, you tell somebody that, and I think the immediate reaction, if it's like really, really fresh is, you know, sort of, uh, we're proud of you. Thanks for telling us. Uh, hopefully this is, you know, step on the right path for you. But there's also, I think some skepticism 
you know, we've all heard stories of addicts that will come forward and then have a rough time uh, directly afterwards. So I wanted to put in the work before I told uh, that, you know, very, very small group of people. And of course they took it kind of how I expected that they would, you know, it was uh, a little bit of tears, mostly from um, my wife, because uh, she was worried what her, you know, sister, who's her best friend, and her mom and stepdad would say. But everything was pretty much just a whole bunch of um, smiling and thanking and a lot of a lot of gratitude and acceptance. And that was great. And I, I think that the reason that it all went down like that was because I put in the work, you know, it's been, you know, 13, almost 14 months since I had a drink. So, you know, I think that made a big, big gigantic difference Uh, for all of us. Yeah. I think that, I think that you're right on that one. That There's always that, uh, that and I, and I know for me there's always that moment of an excuse to like if it was a really hot chick and she was trying to dare me to take a shot of Jägermeister at a bar, you know, off of her tits, I'd be like, yeah, you know, I'm like in that situation, it's so it's gonna be, you know, and I mean it's just that it's, it's I haven't got, I haven't, hey man, I haven't gotten laid in a year, so it'd be like that'd be kind of like I'd be kind of wanting to give myself approval on that one, you know, and it's and then like later on you go okay, well I can just forgive myself and re- and start over. <clears throat> but I, I think that it's the, it's the, it's the looking for the excuse. Like in uh, that show uh, with Bill Burr, F is for family. Yeah. When he's yelling at his neighbor, cause his neighbor got clean and he goes, he's like, damn it, Vic, you were a lot cooler when you were high. And he goes, well, that ain't a ringing endorsement for a relapse. I don't know what is. And he goes <laughs> running off down the street. <laughs> so. So what you're saying is, Tits are the reason that you would. <laughs> you know what? Actually, just you know what? Now that you've now that you've kind of repeated that back to me, or or, or, or asked me for some sort of moral lesson in that, I'm like, no, no, Evelyn. More like just <laughs> observational. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm I'm trying to relate and be human. That's that's the extent of it. But I don't have any good advice on any of that. No, I I mean, no, that's all right. The part of the part of the concern is you know what's going to trigger us to to relapse. And in another time, just being around my extended family was enough of a reason for me to drink. Although I didn't need much of one, but, you know, one of the things that, that my sister-in-law said was, oh, no wonder every time we went away for like a family weekend altogether, you were always feeling really, really bad the next day. And I was like, yeah, because I was, you know, sneaking, getting drunk at night after most everybody was already in bed. And then I wake up just completely hungover and not able to yeah. engage with anybody. You're trying to trying to drink to help control those nerves and that anxiety, and all you wind up with is a shit bucket next to your bed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, li- literally. Yeah. It, yeah, that was a, that was a, that statement wasn't figured at that time. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's a literal. Uh, there, it, I, I labeled it uh, in crayon so that I wouldn't mess it up with uh, the other buckets that I keep around the house. <laughs> I have one that I use to wash my hair. And it's really important that I keep that one separate. Uh, children, children, paints. we're going to do an art project for daddy now. It's <laughs> <laughs> called Animart. Somebody already figured that one out. <laughs> they were six. Eh. 
So yeah, I mean that that's that's kind of what happened this week in in Soberlandia. It wasn't much, especially since we'd been building up to it for a while. This podcast will be released for its first three episodes uh, all at once because I want people to get you know kind of a feel for what we're going to offer from a week to week basis without having to wait three weeks in the initial you know run up. But there was some anxiety about putting it out, and most of that was based on the fact that I hadn't told. Uh, you know, a very significant part of the family that really cares about me. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious as to how I'm going to present this to my parents. They're, I mean, they're both, they're both, so I should, I should actually, like, kind of put that in perspective really quick here. My mom sure. and my dad, um, both uh, alcoholics, they would, they would drink a lot when I was a kid. They got sober later in life, like, now so uh-huh. just in time for that uh you know those moments that i really needed some good support and rearing my teenage years unfortunately mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah i'm just wondering like how i would break it to them like you know my mom i don't think my mom would care so much she doesn't cuss or swear very much but she doesn't seem to mind it as mm-hmm. much versus my dad who will and my dad who gets my dad used to get really angry when he was like working on cars or actually like working on anything really like if he mm-hmm. like slammed like hammered his thumb by accident he would just he would just go god bless america <laughs> <laughs> her really bad he'd move into land that i love <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd be there and i'm like oh, it's the time i think i was like 18 i'm like I, it ain't no big thing <laughs> You should meet some of my friends and the crap they say. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that you hadn't told your parents yet. Um, I... Oh, no, 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 no. I, I didn't tell them about the podcast. I've, oh, I, okay, I told, okay. They both, they're both totally aware that I've quit drinking and okay. everything else. Yeah. No, 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 no. That'd be like, a, like an odd thing to go a year without drinking and then like spring that on them. I've been sober this whole time. <laughs> I don't know. I could totally see it. The same kind of mentality that I had, where you're like, "No, I, I've been sober a year. I want to put it. In, I wanted to. I wanted to prove that I could put in the work before I committed anything." But you know, I have a, I have my own issues with starting something, telling people that I'm going to start something, and then not finishing it. So, like, this is actually probably the most I've put into a project that isn't surgical related uh, in I don't know years. I mean, that's that's good. I was going to say if you'd actually like not, you know had that <laughs> surgery thing. This is the most I've put into a project ever. And it's like, wow, I wonder how people feel about you as a surgical. Oh, I'm terrible. I'm real bad at my job. No, no. People, uh, <laughs> you know, Will, didn't you do this? And I was like, no, I never said I was good at what I do for a living. I just charge mm. a premium for it to make it seem like it. Yeah. Dr. Hobo. <laughs> <laughs> I walk in with a bindle over my shoulder. <laughs> Just like a bunch of random surgical tools all stuffed into a into a handkerchief that's been tied onto the end of a stick. Will will take out sections of bowel for a hot can of beans. <laughs> that's why you're removing the bowel. That's exactly why I'm removing. Uh, you know, I figured I would just eat whatever gave uh, these people cancer. So yeah, that, I mean that that's what I got this week. Uh- uh, for me, it, uh, one of the, I don't know about you, Will, but for me, I did a, at six months, I wanted to do something for myself mm-hmm. and, uh, and like, you know, but you, you want to reward yourself when you're, you know, it, 
a lot of people that I've met and a lot of people I've talked to have fallen into the trap of, well, I wanted to reward myself after so many months of not drinking, so I went and I drank. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to avoid that, and I thought about it, and I you know, came up with this idea like <clears throat> around this time last year that I was like, well, if I can get to six months, I'll get a tattoo, because I've never gotten a tattoo in my yeah. life. And then I did, and I was like, so cool, and I put it on Facebook, and my parents were like, my mom was like, that's interesting. My dad, my dad's response, I kid you not, goes, was that real? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I mean, they were just angry you sent him a dick pic. <laughs> I don't know where you get tattoos, Dan. Yeah, they want they want you to invite them over to your house where you have all the dick pics on the wall. Yeah, that's exactly right. And by the way, just so you know, if you pretty up, with a tattoo like that, then it just makes the glory hole that much better for both sides. It's a little more appetizing from what I'm told. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a dolphin. Oh, I'm going to put my mouth on. Wait a minute. <laughs> Everybody wants to kiss a dolphin. Something, something blowhole. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I never actually thought about doing anything in terms of, uh, of of rewarding myself for a year, this is the close. Like doing this podcast was what I sort of set my sights on, and I kind of did it, um, not as a reward, but like I I don't know I, I I I never even thought about it. And it's funny you should say that. Like my stepfather in law told me that you know I should do something to commemorate the year, and I was like, well, I'm doing the podcast. I mean, that's kind of what I'm going to do to commemorate the start of the podcast will be sometime around around the year and he was like no you should like like a token or something i was like "Eh, maybe and i just i I just never i never thought about it but i remember you putting that out into the world through the social medias and i thought that was really cool you know Uh, i think you know what actually i think now that you mentioned that i think that might have been the first time that i mentioned that i had quit drinking that was the first six month mark yeah i think that was that i i put out there at the tattoo had the pictures of it, and then I was like, for six months of sobriety, and yeah, I think for a lot of people they were like really surprised, really shocked by that because yeah, yeah. I I hadn't, I guess it is weird. I hadn't talked to any of my, I hadn't talked to all of my friends. I talked to some, but not everyone. I remember, I remember reading about it, and being like times like really proud of you, and then I was like, man, he stole my thunder. I should have done that exact same. Thing. <laughs> Tell you, yeah, but yeah. you will. Yeah, you just got to get the tattoo in the right place. Yeah, per, yeah, yeah. Exact same you know, tattoo. Any. It's got to be the exact Just get same a couple of W's, one on each butt cheek, so when you bend over, people go, wow. <laughs> uh, it's a smaller butthole now than it was once upon a time. I've been stuck inside with the COVID stuff, so it hasn't been getting the use it was. So they, they recover, do they? I like to call all of my friends that I make the dilators. <laughs> The glory hole friends. Another gross joke. <laughs> <laughs> more tattoos on more penises. <laughs> uh, it's a butterfly on a branch. <laughs> Danny, what do you got for us? Uh, not too much. I mean, we checked in with my little brother. And so I got to, to thinking about, like, so my older brother, he just opened with, How's no drinking going? Do you need professional help? And to the point. I, that, I mean, that's that's how he is, right? Yep. He's very to the point. Yes. You know? um, but I was like, is that really the right approach? 
like and and i would love to ask you guys about it like is that pressure right is it nagging is it is it going to make is it going to steer him away from uh, from trying to seek help or, or wanting to continue to be sober anyway i'd say that oh. that's pressure for sure because um, I mean, you know, I don't, I'm not necessarily saying it's it's wrong. Because I mean, my little brother knows how my older brother is. So I'm pretty sure he knows how he meant it. But mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the the right approach. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, and there's no no change really. Same same kind of response what? we get from him every week. Mm-hmm. I think um, that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, and <laughs> so. Uh, I'm just hoping that like yeah, it didn't kind of make him more encouraged to not talk to us about it. Mm-hmm. So everything that I know about getting sober, it's got to come internally. I mean, it, there's there's no motivation from an external source that's ever going to work. It he, yeah. he, He's got to want to get sober. And he's got to get like, to it 100%. But- but like really, really want it. And the other thing is, is that, um, is the way that your brothers, I mean, this is the way that he reacted to the way that he acted is that right. I think the, I think the thing of it is, is that all of our journeys are going to be, you know, it's, we all have kind of the same destination we want to get to, but we all wind up going there some different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we joke about like having like the <clears throat> unsilenced shotgun of shit, you, you, you okay right that's like something we can all relate to because it's a physical ailment but in terms of like what our emotional state is how we feel about it and how we deal with it and how we go about talking about it with other people um i mean there are plenty of people like i don't i don't walk around telling people that i'm an alcoholic um and i and i and i don't really go to meetings so i just wind up talking to you guys yeah um but that's that's part of what i have to do to like talk about my journey is to find somebody else that can empathize and relate but i don't know that that's everybody you, get, you talk about wanting to, you know, want it has to come from the inside. But mm-hmm. how do you balance that with addiction, right? Because you can, you can desire that all you want, but then if you're, your addiction's in, you know, a nasty demon. It's a battle. Pins you down and doesn't spit on it. Yep. That's. Yeah. That's probably not the, I, I don't know if I would have used that metaphor, but yeah. <laughs> but I mean, so that's probably where he's at, right? Like, he, I mean, he. He wants, he said he wants to quit. He, and this is, I mean, his behavior has changed and is different from before. Um, but the addiction still creates the same kind of habits and behaviors. It's it's like, well, we, we talked about this. Uh, I know we've talked about this before, but it's the it's very cyclical. It's, you know, you get into that, I want to quit, but then I, I did this thing that I said I wanted to stop. Now I wake up. And the only way to deal with that emotional trauma is the way that I've been dealing with that emotional trauma for a long time. And that's by doing that same thing. And it, it creates this, it creates a really vicious cycle. And it isn't until I think it's like really like kind of like day one or maybe even day three that you finally like kind of hit and go, Oh shit. Like that's just the clarity. You know, I, I say that the motivation has got to come from inside you and your brother, and anybody else that's trying to, to, to be a, a resource for him, there's a certain amount of taking care of yourselves that you have to do, which might mean distancing yourself 
from him unless he puts in the work. But you also want to be there when he asks because you're hoping that that next time that he says, I want to be sober, he means it and he's going to do the things that he needs to do to get sober. The things that he needs to do to get sober are talk to a professional, involve uh, any kind of physician that he might have in his life with that. You know, uh, when I got sober, it was primary care, then off to a uh, an addiction specialist, and then off to therapy, like group therapy, yeah. and then <laughs> off to meetings, which, you know, the meetings didn't, just like with Tiki, didn't do very much. But, you know, with this podcast, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm finding a way to make that, I'm finding a way to own a meeting for myself and, and that kind of qualifies. Uh, so he needs to, he needs, he does need that help. So um, there's, so your primary, his primary care physician will, can also assess and, and, and write prescriptions for him for certain drugs that help. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's a few of them, like Anabuse is one that'll make you throw up if you, yep. if you drink alcohol. No, but you have to be careful only. if you're on that because you also can't use like hand sanitizer that's alcohol based. Yeah. Um, so people yeah. have reported problems with that. There's a there's a couple of others that just take away the dopamine effect of alcohol, so you don't. Um, so he won't get the he won't get that emotional reassurance inside for having drank. It'll just be I drank and this is what happened, and there will be no feeling of comfort, no feeling of medication to that, to, to that effect. So yeah, there's an abuse, um, which mm-hmm. is a, you know, after you drink something, it affects you. There's naltrexone and gabapentin, which will mm-hmm. limit the cravings that you have. So I was on naltrexone for six months, uh, mm-hmm. right at the beginning. And I don't know if it helped or not, but I didn't drink. So regardless of whether it was a placebo effect or if it actually did something, really is secondary to me. I mean, I didn't yeah. drink and I was on it. And it none of these medications are particularly expensive. I think I paid for like 90, which is 30 days, or not not, uh, not 30 days, but 90 days worth of, of naltrexone and gabapentin. I think each one was like 17 bucks. And you can take them yeah. independently of each other. Like the gabapentin yeah. they switched me over to because it helped me sleep as well. So he's got to, you know, he's got to put in the work, just like, you know, every one of us has to put in the work. If tomorrow I take a drink, my wife's going to take the kids and I'm going to stay in a house by myself or be shipped off to the hospital to go through detox. Like, I have to put in the work. I have to show that I can stay sober. You know, it's it's... Every the, the, the one step at a time thing is us measuring out each day and making sure that we don't take a drink over small increments of time. But in order to do the long term work, you got to put the work in, you know. I, I will say this on the medication, and, and Will's absolutely correct on, on the different. Actually, you knew the, the, the medication names and all sorts of stuff. I have totally forgotten. The concept behind that, though is that when you have that desire that you want to quit and become sober or get sober you but yet you know that you're just not capable of turning down that alcohol or not drinking that's that it's just that bridge it's just going to help you for a little while might help you for a long while but it's going to be the thing that you know helps get you there Mm -hmm. um 
to get you sober. And eventually, you, you know, after that, and even during that, you still have to put in the work. You still have to, you know, find, I mean, seriously, find a therapist. Whew. Go to meetings. That made a, a huge, huge difference for me. You know, listen to a specific podcast, maybe. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and I know that none of, I mean, this is all information that you can use, but, you know, is your older brother pressuring? I mean, knowing him, uh, it probably comes off that way, even though I know that he's just, he's just being earnest and trying to help. But if you couch it in terms of, you know, we're here for you. We have some ideas that can help you. We will, you know, like my wife went with me to each one of the early interventions. Like she wasn't able to come to the, the therapy, the group therapy, the intensive, but everything before that and all of my checkups afterwards. So talking to your older and saying, hey, you know, if, if he asked us to go with, would we go? Should we offer to go with if we can? You know, I think if, if, if you want to be a resource for your younger, that's a, it's probably a good idea, you know? Yeah, we already offered. Like, we we're willing to go yeah. with you. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there... He just doesn't want to yet. None of that's surprising, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know that I didn't, I didn't... I mean, I quit for six months, and then I had a relapse that lasted six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, actually, more like... Might have been a year. Anyway, it lasted a while. Didn't know that. Oh, yeah. it's it's A, a relapse isn't like... Well, it isn't always just one night. It's not just one night in Bangkok. Sometimes it's, <laughs> you know, you move there, you buy a houseboat, you you live right on the main river there and hang out with all sorts of seedy under, you know, like you just, it's, it's not, it's not just one night. Um, that song's available on Spotify and iTunes, by the way. There you go. Plug. Plug. Big plug. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was the big plug. Not John Stamos. That was the big plug. Well, um, there's stamp. There's a, there's a plug and then there's a, a plug when we were talking about Stamos. That's good radio. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think that you and your older brother will give help if it's asked for. Yep. Um, but it's a, it's a process and it's a lifelong process. So, you know, having, having that in mind, I think is important. I, I think it's important to manage expectations you know, if I stepped up to the plate and hit a home run the very first time I ever swung a baseball bat, uh, I would expect it to happen every single time. And it's going to be a lot of strikeouts until hopefully things start working out. And yeah, that's okay. There, there's, there's a really good saying that I, uh, that I that I keep with me whenever I think about it or whenever I talk to other people about alcoholism, which is it it won't get easy. It's good, it, but it will get easier, but it's never going to be easy. Cool. I got that. That was, it was from a book or something. I don't know. Somebody else said <laughs> I just, I'm repeating somebody else's line. No, that's all right. I, On, to, on games, to games, then. On to games. Who wants to go first? Which friendly friend? I'll go first. So this last week, I've been <clears throat> actually playing a game that is not really my kind of game. Like, I stepped out of my zone a little bit. I'm playing a game called World of Warships. I think it's oh, made huh. by the same people that do World of Tanks and yeah. other games. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, just two teams with these big battleships from, like, World War II era. And you, you just go to town on each other with all these big old guns. 
And I'm not talking about last, you know, <laughs> last night. Shades uh, of shooting them off. Yeah, no, it, it's kind of neat. Uh, you know, you, it's a free-to-play game, so there's a whole lot of grindy stuff. Like, you know, you you play a ship, it gains experience. You can spend that experience on the next tier ship up, huh. or in some cases sideways. You can get a different class of ship, like from a cruiser to a destroyer, and so on. And each type of ship has its own role in the battle. Uh-huh. Right. Heavy artillery versus heavy torpedoes versus speed, kind of things like that. And you know, there's a there's a co-op mode where you play against bots. Oh, okay, okay. I was wondering because you're a, a, a you know a never PvPer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I tried the PvP a few times, and and it, it's a bunch of people who've played the game a hell of a lot longer than me, so I really yeah. didn't get to play. So when I play against bots, I have a good time. Bunch of thirteen year olds. Yeah, <laughs> they all fuck my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> you guys all know my mom. Wait, 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 wait. Was that was there a comma between they all fucked my mom and well? <laughs> well you know, I got to her first. So <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, like it's it's fun. Like I have, I'm having a good time. The pay to play option just gives you currency to buy the ships instead of leveling up uh-huh. and playing. Um, so you can get uh, the bigger class ships as earlier on. But I actually like the lower le- lower class. I don't have a, a problem going through. And uh, me and my buddy have been just kind of cruising the open seas, tag teaming whatever bitch comes our way. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Nice. I I honest to goodness never would have thought that that would be uh, what you'd be playing. Me neither. And I, and I got talked into it because of that goddamn four player co-op cap that i've talked about before it was one of those where hey we can get a bunch of people playing turns out though you can create divisions which is like you know party and it's max of three like the oh. fucking... but you know i thought you were I said, gonna you say know, five <laughs> slightly better but yeah, not really plus one no no it's minus one it's, it's like that's more that's rubbing it in the face smearing like... it on my mouth it tastes like pickle juice i don't like it ah Somewhere but, there's, a, there's a cartoon boy going, ha, ha. <laughs> I got hooked on it, you know, the first, like, first few times. I was like, okay, this is, like, I, did, I had no idea what I was doing the first couple matches, but I gave it I gave it an honest try, and I was like, okay, this is kind of fun. So now I just go up and blow up computer boats. Yeah. Having a good time with it. Probably going to jump on there after this, actually. Hmm. Anything coming up that you're interested in? Um, not, uh, yes, there's a lot of stuff coming up, but not in any sort of near future but i did get uh early access the new the new gaming model <laughs> apparently it's called solasta or solasta not Solasta? Quite sure. yeah solasta crown of the magister it is a fifth edition D rpg so it's using fifth edition rules in fact you you even have dice roll over your head when you have your character go and attack someone right it's it's, it's using the fifth edition rules um oh you pandering sons of bitches right and uh, it's you know it's not anywhere near complete but it is quite fun to scratch that D D itch but yeah it, it, it it's good um i'm obviously i've played it for like an hour so i haven't played much of it but i'm looking forward to the um future updates because there there's a level cap of level six right now yeah. right and that's fun but like the high-level D&D characters are pretty fucking cool, right? Yeah. So it'd be cool when they when they start adding a lot more content and raise the level cap and your characters can 
do more and, and experience more of the story. So I am definitely looking forward to seeing what that game can bring me. How often do you ever get to like high level? I think the highest level D&D character I ever got to was like 7th level. Cause never it's hard. A... It's hard to maintain a game that long. Yeah, it's, right? it's ridiculous. People grow different directions. People move. People get uh, wife and kids. Losers. Um, and I had sex you know, two they, times successfully. All right? They, they can't. All right? You should just be they can't play. congratulating me on two times that I had sex successfully. I mean, I, I feel like... A partial success is still success. I mean, it worked for me. I don't know. I, I don't care about her. <laughs> well, you're, you're not going to get half a kid out of sex, dude. Well, that's just not how. No, nope, I'm, I'm going to leave that one alone. Actually, uh, but yeah, that's that's. Uh, I mean, I'm still playing the usual stuff that that, that I haven't finished yet. Yeah. Stardew Valley and Warframe. I don't think there's going to be an end to Warframe. Not anytime soon. I don't think the people that have ended playing Warframe have ended playing Warframe. Right. Well, they just keep adding stuff. Three years. That game, the developers of that game just keep pumping it in. You know, (laughs) pumping content in. To the game. They're getting deep in the game. All the way inside the game. Oh, just releasing everything they have. Tiki. That's me. Tiki, save us from this. (laughs) <laughs> save, save us from this <clears throat> so uh so actually uh, i don't have any uh any new games or anything to talk about i actually just wanted to bring up one uh what i've found to be a very good practice with um in regards to the to the shadowing game that i have it actually has a lot to do with the players um which is that everyone has like a very flushed out kind of backstory that's easy to use i'm not uh i'm not a gm who likes to um play somebody's character when they're not around mm-hmm. it just really they used to happen to me a lot my when i was younger and i'd come back and find out my character was dead or been shot or any number of things and it was like what the hell when did i like, i missed one game session and i told you guys i wouldn't be here and you killed my character off um and you know and they're like well that's that we just played them the way that you thought you we, we thought you would play <laughs> so um, it's, it's really nice though, the, what, I, what I'm getting at is the really nice part about it is when I, we've had uh, players who have not been available um, to play either because they've been exhausted or maybe just, you know, a little bit burnt out or they have had other plans, something's come up. Um, because of those backstories, it's very easy to take that character and say, oh, okay, this character is just over here doing this side job related to his backstory and can just be you know safe somewhere and we're not going to worry about that. But it'll also be something that we can later pull back around and say, hey, that time you were helping out, like, say, your cousin do this one job when you, you know, when you were out of town or whatever, that can come back into the game later and still become another plot point. So it's just a it's a very good it's a very good practice. I think I think that it blends very well between both the players and the, and the game master to do that um, and, and, to be, and to make use of it as well. But, you know. Sounds like, you know, when you pass out first at a party and they draw on your face, you didn't show up for a gaming session, oh. so you ate the rat poison. <laughs> yeah, your character just gets fucked with. <laughs> just completely like, messy. Next thing you know, you got a couple of W's on your fucking yeah. ass cheeks. <laughs> yeah, we took your character to the, the tattoo parlor. <laughs> Against his wishes. Yeah, yeah. Well, his player wasn't there to stop us. <laughs> yeah, what kind of a tattoo artist do you find to do that, though? Probably <laughs> like, like a small, or, bald guy with yeah. dragon tattoos on his arms. Just took him for a conjugal at a local prison. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. An actual tattoo, guys. An actual tattoo. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, that was uh, that was that was just something that I, I kind of wanted to. I, I think is it's been very beneficial to our game um, as a whole, and I think there's been uh, a very good thing that that, that we've had that <clears throat> that me as a game master that's made my life a lot easier too. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Do you ever ask? That was, uh, that was it. Do you ever ask your players to um, throw in a written up? You know what they're doing during that time, like. I imagine you could probably mine that for, for some plot point. I could, but it's easier. Just it's it's been easy enough for me to simply say, okay, well, this character's off, helping out this NPC that they know or this person from their past. Gotcha. Um, for instance, uh, one of the characters is a is a thug for the Irish mob, and it's like, well, when he was out, it was like, oh, okay, he's just out collecting money and doing thuggery stuff while the rest of the team goes off to do something else. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for, for Russ's character once, we just basically decided he was at the library and totally forgot that he was even on a Shadowrun team. <laughs> just left him at this university. Just let him study. He'll be fine. Everybody else is going to go do stuff. I can't wait for our audience to meet Russ. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, huh. So I... I've been working on my Star Wars Legion models. Um, that's... It's been just building little tiny dolls uh, over and over and over. They're all basically just the same guy. It's a little. It's there's a little bit of drudge work to it, um, but I'm excited to have like a fully painted force on a uh, table coming to my basement soon. And then for stuff that I'm excited about, um, I don't know if I'm excited about this or if I'm worried about it. There's a there's a video game that kind of harkens back to my early days of role playing when I was a, a, a wee lad of like 14, 15. But uh, I think most people that are into gaming know uh, White Wolf, the publishing yeah. company that created like Vampire and Werewolf. Uh, the World of, of Darkness. The, yeah, the, the uh, World of yeah. Darkness yeah. system during the, um, the, early, the late 80s, early 90s. So there's a Werewolf, the, this is a really long, stupid name, Werewolf the Apocalypse colon earthborn or earthbound i can't remember which it is um but the 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 game itself i mean the previews of it look kind of interesting but i'm so nostalgically sort of tapped into it that i i know that i'm gonna spend like 60 bucks on it when it comes out on thursday the 4th and I like the the idea of, of the three different modes of gameplay. Like if you're, so one of the sort of core concepts of, of the werewolf the apocalypse system was you could shape shift. You played a werewolf and you could shape shift into one of like five different forms. In video game format, the first, middle, and last are the only ones that really are interesting because the two in the middle. I mean they had some application when you were role-playing uh via tabletop but oh for the most part uh if you're playing a video game you think of it as like different fighting styles or uh you know my mecha is now in this configuration now it's in this configure it's it's, it's just gameplay mechanic wise so you got blazing sword right away fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gunned him this didn't it no that was voltron voltron 
Oh. Like the, the cartoons, right? They go and they fight, they get their ass beat for the whole thing, and then they form Blazing Sword and one-shot the bitch. Oh, that's right. Like, just yep. fucking do that first. That's right. You got it with Zords, too, with the Power Rangers. That's what they always did. To finish off like that. Like, All right, we've, we've, we've used our multi-layer cannon and plasma rounds and punching fists, and now it's time to pull out the sword. It's like, every time, dude. Punching fists. I like that. <laughs> I honestly I got, thought it was a Gundam thing. I was wrong. That, no, it, it's there, fine. Goes, there goes my gizzard, I guess. Is it that far off? I mean, really? I mean, it, not really. <clears throat> you, didn't, you didn't bring up the Voltron that's made out of vehicles. At least you didn't do that. You mean the best Voltron? You're really losing some creds. And that was the last time that the podcast was ever recorded. Um, <laughs> all viewer, all two viewers that we have are gone now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's like me doing the editing. That's one, and then you, Danny, telling me that oh, we went a little long last time. Like those, that's the two viewers that we're gonna lose. Like tomorrow morning, I'll wake up and be like, oh man, this was a terrible episode. I don't want to edit it. You'll be mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's true. So hold on, I'm gonna pause this for just a second my wife is getting changed behind me and it's creating noises just mute your mic dude i don't want to hear that macaroni yep so a cool thing happened to me today i got my uh <laughs> damn it will there it was <laughs> so all righty um so human, big scary werewolf, and regular normal size uh, wolf form. And I think each one of them is supposed to represent a different type of gameplay. So the human can use weapons and interact with technology. The big gigantic scary werewolf is, um, you know, the, the sort of combat form. And you'll do a bunch of, of hack and ripping and, you know, slavering. Probably a lot of drooling. I, well, at least I will. Um, <clears throat> and then the, the wolf form, I think, is supposed to be uh, stealth gameplay. But I'm not sure. One of the things that I really liked about the the, the game setting was sort of the uh, the access to shamanic magic, and I'm hoping that they that they do a good job with that. But I I I have low hopes, knowing that my hopes have been dashed by IPs that I really really loved, and then came to market and were terrible, and then uh, I will not be able to turn away from it because it's just it's such a part of of who I was as a, as a, you know, younger gamer. I mean, my introduction to playing Amp Guard with you guys was going out to play, uh, vampire LARP, uh, in high school. So, I mean, yeah. direct line. I also had a brief stint with that. It was probably the nerdiest thing I've ever done. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Is there a, is there a Gary Busey type NPC for this werewolf game? I have, I have no idea. That in and of itself might make the game worthwhile, though, because since his accident, he has just been so much fun to watch. I mean, not, not <laughs> only was he in Silver Bullet, but now he's Gary Busey, uh, pet judge. So, <laughs> Is that like a, when Steven Seagal was a cop in New Orleans? <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. I don't think it's quite that bad. That or hmm. awesome. <laughs> right. The Gary, the Gary Busey pet judge is like, like apparently his own. It's a he's like a Judge Judy type that has to do with pets, and it's I don't, I haven't watched it. I just keep on seeing like advertisements for it, and I keep on kicking myself for not watching it. It's got to be better than the. <laughs> I'm wondering what his right judging now. criteria for these pets are. I honest what? to God thought it was like Judge Judy Shinelin 
up on the bench and she'd be like you know what happens to people like you and then she pulls on like this long chain leash and gary Busey comes out and like, <laughs> he's, like he's in gimp him. form yeah <laughs> this is gonna be you pet judge get it everyone out there <laughs> you thought being jake Busey was gonna be okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so i uh, you know i i don't know i i Excited about the Star Wars stuff. I'm, I'm gonna look at myself in the mirror after I purchase uh, the werewolf game, and I, I know that I'm gonna talk to myself like I did when I was drinking. It's gonna be a, oh, what is wrong, you piece of shit? What is wrong with you? Why would you do this to yourself? You know better. You know better than to, than to go up on Steam and and purchase that. You dumbass. Is that something that grown men do? They just go out and they buy a bunch of swords. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brandon. That's exactly what happens. All right. Got some nunchucks too. Nunchucks are good. Nunchucks are good. Nah, every time I see somebody using them in a, in a movie or a TV show, I'm always like, man, that you're is not Bruce Lee. Yeah, first of all, it's it's impractical unless you're Bruce Lee, and second of all, you're not Bruce Lee. I just I just love the sound guy that was like right off uh, camera making the. Sound because you know that the stupid nunchucks weren't making that. No, they did, they, they did that. They did that post production. You don't think it was just a practical effect, just like right off screen, one guy with like a like like a riding crop, like whipping it back and forth. There's a boom mic over him instead of Bruce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's probably true. Every one of those movies was dubbed. They were so good. So, last yeah. thing that I got for this week is if you haven't checked out uh, History of Swear Words with Nicolas Cage on Netflix, you absolutely should. It was hysterical. There were, I think it's like five or six episodes, and they cover like the etymology of, of each of the swear words that they do. And like, fuck and dick were just ridiculously funny. If you haven't seen it, you absolutely should. Bring a friend, bring two friends, make an evening of it, pop some popcorn. And then try not to choke on it while you're laughing so hard. Nicolas Cage is a comedic force to be reckoned with. Not just his hair plugs. It's not just the hair plugs. It's also the fake beard that he was wearing. <laughs> 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 that was glorious. So I think that's I think that's all I've got uh, for this episode. You guys? Yeah, that's a great rap time. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. I think that's a, an appropriate time to to say goodbye. So. At the end of every episode, we like to talk about our mutual support groups that we would like anybody that's looking for a little bit of help to reach out to. So uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, AA, tried and true old standby that will uh, descend upon you from heaven to help you with your alcoholism at www.aa.org or 212-870-3400. Uh, or check your local phone directory. Moderation Management, which is www.moderation.org, 212-871-0974. Secular Organizations for Sobriety. I actually got the uh, the address for this one wrong last week, but it's www.sossobriety.org, 323-666-4295. And then uh, Smart Recovery, www.smartrecovery.org, 444 four four zero nine five one five three five seven and women for sobriety for that one woman that may 
listen to this sometime down the road, uh, www.womenforsobriety.org, 215-536-8026. Thank you all so very, very much for listening. This has been uh, Will for the Save versus Poison podcast. My two co-hosts are... I'm Tiki. I'm Danny. Thanks so very much. You guys stay happy and healthy, and please reach out if you need assistance. Just seven, I'm 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 just